Broadcasting live from Boseju, still kicking it on the plane of Kamigawa. This is Tap Tap Concede. Welcome everybody to Tap Tap Concede. My name is Graham. Joining me as ever is Cameron Buh? and Nelson. Hi, I'm also here. And today we're going to be talking about oh a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> We've been, after sort of after sort of uh, spending a week or two being like. What what are we gonna what are we gonna talk about this week on Tap Tap Concede? Uh, this week we've got uh, there's there's some there's a banner restricted announcement that we're gonna touch on quickly, and then there as of yesterday at time of recording we're recording this on uh, Friday January twenty eighth eighth I know what dates are um, they started uh, spoiler season in earnest yesterday and dropped a whole ton of stuff on us so we can talk about. All kinds of different things dealing with uh, Kamigawa Neon Dynasty. Before we do that, a reminder, of course, that Tap Tap Conceit is brought to you by Card Kingdom. Please check out cardkingdom.com slash LRR. You can get your pre-orders in for Kamigawa Neon Dynasty. Um, putting the little slash LRR on there lets them know that we sent you, and we do that because we think they're great. They have excellent customer service, tremendously fast shipping, and uh, they're just a good bunch of folks. And if you tell them loading ready run sent me button, please, they'll give you a little one inch button, which right now says you're brainstoning wrong. Because now we know what it actually says. And of course, this show and everything we do is brought to you by you and your kind support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash loading ready run. So thank you so much for that. All right. Last week, we touched briefly on the popper banned and restricted announcement, which uh, was separated from the other stuff because of the popper format panel. But there's a normal banned and restricted announcement that uh, happened on January 25th, impacting standard, legacy, and historic, and to the note of some people, not impacting modern in any way. Uh, for what it's worth, Wizards has said, it's, we're fine. Modern's fine. And most people, I think, are actually like, I, you're probably right, but they were surprised that nothing happened in modern. From my timeline, I have been playing a ton of Modern, but my impression was Modern seemed to be in a pretty bad place for many weeks. But then the two weeks before this hand restricted announcement, everything seemed to settle out kind of just in time. There's still yeah. some best decks, but the format is diverse. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's, I mean, let's take a look at Standard. Ban, ban, ban. Holy moly. Uh, Alrin's Epiphany. Banned in Standard. They've finally decided, you know what? Uh, taking extra turn? It's, it's unreasonable. <laughs> Even in 2022. So, yeah. Alrin's Epiphany is banned. Divide by Zero is banned. As a reminder, Divide by Zero is two and a blue for an instant. Return target spell or permanent with mana value one or greater to its owner's hand and learn. So... Um, uh, you can sort of remand, like you can put a hand, you can, mm. you can like not counter a spell, but you can put the spell back in their hand. So kind of counter it. Uh, or you can bounce something that's not a token because it has to be mana value one or greater. And then also you learn, uh, what was divide by zero doing? That was so problematic. Just everything divide <laughs> by zero was just the glue that stuck the Alrin's epiphany decks together. It was in the, uh, blue red dragons deck. Uh, when there were blue, blue black control decks happening, it was in those like, basically it let you play the format. Okay. Yeah. Cause it, it, it just does so much, right? It, mm. it, can't bounce a token, but it can bounce everything else, including a spell. Just wildly powerful. <laughs> All right. Um, plus, like the learn mechanic, it's like learn is like this box you want to tick in your constructed decks, which I'm actually really happy to see because I thought maybe it was only going to be in limited that we cared about it, but nope. 
you want to you want to have access to environmental sciences and standard too, which right. is great, I think. Uh, but yeah, this deck, this card was just, I mean, I talked about mm -hmm. considering different dragons decks a few weeks ago for alchemy, a cousin mm -hmm. of standard. And one of them was just like Boros dragons, but also with divide by zero. <laughs> so like, you know, any, any right. deck was kind of tempted to reach out for this card. It's right, just very right. good. Very splashable. Yeah. For a, like a hard counter, not, well, yeah. not hard counter, but like, you know, yeah, it's, it's a hard counter ish. Yeah. yeah they can't, hard they can't beat it with mana. The, yeah. the, the, it's like a mana leak that says pay the same amount of mana. You know, the, you compare it to remand and it's a good comparison. Mm -hmm. It costs one more mana, but like you eat up all the mana they spent for that card. So if they are casting like an Alrin's epiphany, um, which I don't think says can't be countered, can it? Nope. I don't want to get too much egg on my face this early in the morning. Anyways, yeah, then they have to spend another seven mana to cast that. Mm -hmm. And then the third and final standard ban was Faceless Haven, which is the land from Kaldheim. It's a snow land, taps for colorless, and for snow, 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 you can make it into a 4-3 creature with vigilance and all creature types uh, until end of turn. Still a land. And what was this doing that was so bad? Just winning games next to aggro decks. Um, you could play mono green or mono white. A mono other colors too, but those were the two most prevalent. Um, and yeah, this is just these three bands really. Like the first one's targeted and makes a lot of sense, not too surprising. Mm -hmm. But the next two are sort of just like, we're going to shake up standard. Like right. we're just going to yeah. remove an important piece of like a lot of decks. Yeah, mm. like I suppose both of these cards can just. I mean, splashable is a weird thing to say with snow mana, right? Mm. But. You just run, you just run snow basics instead of non-snow basics, I suppose. Yeah, this this card didn't show up too much in two color decks, but you're right; you could pretty much put it in anything. In I was actually, actually before we move. Uh, sorry, just as a interesting note, um, all three of those cards have al alchemy nerfed versions of them too. Yeah, I was going to mention that actually um, that they that on the back of this so th this was on the 25th <clears throat> and then two days later they announced a whole bunch of more alchemy uh rebalance stuff um including uh in the in in the case of so we've already had elrin's epiphany we've already had faceless haven but then they also um tweaked divide by zero which is uh, in alchemy now uh, two and a blue, so same mana cost, instant, return target spell or permanent with mana, with mana value one or greater to its owner's hand. If the mana value was four or less, then you learn. Hmm. So you only learn if it's in that little window where the, the, the spell or permanent is small. Yeah, it cost them, cost, force them to spend another seven mana, no extra card for you. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, anything else for sort of your thoughts for standard before we move out of? Yeah, just, I mean, I mentioned it. It's like, these are pretty important sweeping changes to this format. And I don't know if anyone cares. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure who's playing standard right now. I haven't played it since alchemy came out and I haven't really had it like come across my timeline that there've been important standard events happening. Um, if well, where paper. you live, you can play in paper and your FNM is standard. This matters to you. Mm -hmm. uh, so congrats. You are winning, even though you now own a bunch of, pieces of cardboard called Faceless Haven or Elrond's Fifty that used to be worth money. Mm -hmm. 
in Legacy, this is something that I know. I don't know anything about Legacy, but I know that people have been waiting for this or some some something like this. Uh, Raghavan, Nimble Pilferer, mm-hmm. is banned in Legacy. So this was from Modern Horizons 2. Raghavan is a single red mana for a 2-1 legendary creature, Monkey Pirate, which you'd just love to see. Whenever Raghavan deals combat damage to a player, create a treasure token and exile the top card of that player's library until end of turn you may cast that card. And he's got Dash from Khan's block uh, for one in a red. And dash is you can cast it for its dash cost. You put it into play, it gets haste, uh, but then at the end of turn, it goes back to your hand. Um, and I think that's why it took this long to get banned, actually. No one had read all the way to the bottom of <laughs> Ragavan. <laughs> to be fair, like it's already, look at the bottom right and the top right, and you're already sold. And then you get this huge paragraph-long bonus ability on combat damage. And uh, yeah, then it turns out it has one more really good ability. And people figured that out last month in Legacy. So was it just that it was a 2-1 one for 1 and then you could protect it with counter magic? That's the main thing. Yeah. Uh, wow. it started it started to sort of forcing its way I think into pretty much every deck that could comfortably play force of will. Like I saw this guy, you know, next to artifacts decks. I saw it like the traditional the most popular thing is like uh, I think uh, is it Delver or Team or Delver mm-hmm. where you have like some one drops that are going to win you the game eventually and then a bunch of card drawing and permission. Um, and specific interaction in those kinds of decks. You've seen blue red Delver decks before, I'm sure. But so, uh, like the the rules yeah, box, like days and and force box. Yeah. So the rules box, box, like while relevant, was not as relevant as just the fact that it's a red Savannah Alliance. No, no, no. It's it's important that it draws you cards every turn and makes mana too. Okay. Like the the rules. I I'm just saying like. For me, I would enjoy it as a card if it was just Red Savannah Lions. Every Red Savannah Lions they print means I can cut one more three drop out of Mono Red Highlander, right? <laughs> yeah, like eventually the whole deck will just cost one and alternate casting costs. Yeah, like flopping Ragavan turn one and then keeping up uh, Force of Will or being able to Vapor Snag the next turn. Yeah, mm. the fact that it makes a treasure token is so nuts for Legacy. Yeah, like why? Why does it also give you cash? It's a pirate. Right? Like, right? Yeah. Steals a card and comes back with a 20. <laughs> like, Raghavan, this is, I think you're going too far. Right? Like, it, not only are you the best Ophidian ever printed, <laughs> come on. In red. Uh, yeah, it is a bit of a slap in the face, isn't it? Yeah. And then transitioning onto Arena, uh, also in historic. They had previously suspended Memory Lapse, which of course is one in a blue instant counter spell. If that spell is counter, put it on top of its owner's library instead of into their graveyard. And they were like, yes, we were right to have done that. And so now it is banned in Historic. Yeah. Uh, Conversely, um, Three Fairy is no longer Three Fairy and, and is no longer banned. So they'd previously banned Teferi Time Raveler one white blue for the four loyalty walker each opponent can cast spells only anytime they could cast a sorcery and i mentioned those parts in particular because that's what was changed because he is now quad fairy and is unbanned uh as now two white blue five loyalty and your opponents can't cast spells during your turn and all other text being equal. That's neat. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess it still does the same thing, only worse. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, it's it stops. They they do it in the explosion, but this wording on the ability means that you your opponents can still cast like their finale of revelation or whatever. Mm -hmm. The like spells that cause you to cast other spells, like cascade, can work now again in historic mm -hmm. with Teferi still around. Right, because that's what Teferi stopped. It was yeah, yeah, right. had, like. I think this is probably more true to the intended design. Yeah. Probably, than just yeah. finding out that, like, your deck doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It would have been cool if they could have templated it so that, like, you know, while you have, I don't know, like, during their combat they can't cast spells too or something, because he's supposed to be the master of having, you know, you have the best timing for anything, but they mm -hmm. needed a way to stop your stop it from shutting down the opponent's spells like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's um, that's the case in Historic. And then also in Alchemy, um, they've made some other changes to some cards that we've seen previously. So the Fearsome Whelp that we talked about, um, which was the... Red. Yeah, <laughs> Ian Nelson said, one in a red for a 1-1 one, one, uh, dragon with flying in haste. Uh, and it's each card, each dragon card in your hand perpetually gains this spell cost one less to cast. Uh, that now triggers on your upkeep instead of your end step. So they have a turn cycle to deal with it. Um, Hallbreaker Horror can now be countered. Um, again, this is, alchemy, all, I guess. this is yeah. all on mm -hmm. alchemy only, uh, what we're talking about now. Um, Inquisitor Captain is uh quite different now well it's not quite different but it's like quite nerfed yeah so inquisitor captain is three and a white for a three three with vigilance when it enters the battlefield uh and there are 20 more creature cards with mana value three or less among cards in your graveyard hand or library seek two creatures with mana value three or less put one of them onto the battlefield and shuffle the other one into your library inquisitor captain now reads if you cast it do all that so you can't reanimate inquisitor captain or do like mm. things with uh, clone effects or stuff like that so it's a little little uh, more reasonable there i suppose uh leer you can only flashback stuff during your turn uh cameron bad news they removed the uh life gain from sacrificing blood tokens on sanguine brushstroke oh come on <laughs> I mean, that's the that's like the first thing you wanted them to remove. They're going to remove something yeah. at least. Yeah, my yeah. signet doesn't add mana unless it survives a turn. The, now the, the opponent still loses life, which is interesting. Okay, but you no longer also gain life as long as it's still hurting someone. Yeah, yeah exactly. It still wins the game. It just doesn't keep you alive. Uh, and then Town Razor Tyrant uh, was nerfed in one way, which is take me, not my son. <laughs> it can now only hit non-basic land. Um, but it was buffed in another way, which is that they've correctly capitalized the intercaps. Uh, <laughs> I saw Cube April asking about this. Like the only, because it used to say capital T O W N hyphen small R oh. A Z E R. And now it's correctly oh, templated. Somebody got emailed another copy of the style guide. <laughs> uh, and then they also so those were like the adjustments but then they also made a whole bunch of um, buffs I like that they call them buffs and adjustments <laughs> um, they made a whole bunch of buffs to cards involving um, 
venturing into the dungeon. I'm not going to go through them piece by piece because there's a lot, but like Acerarak, Acerarak, um, Cloister Gargoyle, Dungeon Descent, Eliwick Tumblestrum, Fate's Reversal, Find the Path, Precipitous Drop. The Dungeon Descent buff is huge. And Triumphant Adventure. Dungeon Descent is massive. So it's a a land. Um, It uh, no longer enters tapped. It still taps for colorless. And now the tap it and tap an untapped legendary creature you control to venture into the dungeon as a sorcery now only costs one mana instead of four. <laughs> they really want people to go aventuring in in alchemy, which is interesting. Well, I mean, it's wasn't very good before. Yeah, no, was, no dungeon was descent was it was pr- as printed is so nerfed. I wish I could play this. I wish I could play this version in Canadian Highlander. Yeah. Uh, Cause this card is actually okay. Like I can remember talking about this when the card was first previewed or after yeah. we had drafted it a few times. I'm like, why does it have to come in tapped? If you also have to pay four and mm. tap another creature. Right. So that's good news. Yeah. And uh, a small note that wasn't mentioned in, in these notes, but Rahilda, I think it is, is one of the, one of the digital only cards, the werewolf, uh, the, backside of Rahilda, the name I guess it's just a different it's Rahilda with a different yeah um, epitaph or whatever. Rahilda werewolf, I suppose Rahilda human. Yeah. Yeah. Uh now you see you can see here if you're watching the video, um does not have the little color indicator dot. Which mechanically on arena meant that the the this side even though it appeared red that this side mm-hmm. of Rahilda was colorless. Mm-hmm. So you couldn't Kill Rahilda with Vanishing Verse, which only exiles a monocolored permanent. And both these cards are fairly played. Yeah, and Alchemy. so people were like, "Why can't I kill Rahilda?" And so Rahilda now has a um, now has a color indicator dot or pip or whatever it's called, and so is appropriately a mono red card. Time to sleeve up Hydroblast. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, all kinds of changes to. Um, alchemy if uh if that's your jam uh let us know how that goes nelson i think you were the one amongst the three yeah. of us that plays alchemy i will let you know how it's going currently uh <laughs> i spent my i spent my free time playing legends of runaterra because i'm just it's like i didn't think it was going to ha- hit me this hard but you know i got in this format and i'm glad that they're updating things the idea of balancing like the top-down view of my life or whatever i'm like my gaming life i'm just like yay good they're like changing things and updating and doing patches and that's great and then personally the way i feel from my perspective my first person view is just like my wild cards like in yeah. my deck like i liked this deck i enjoyed playing it it's worse it was doing well and now it's going to be doing bad and they didn't give me anything in return like i just mm. want my my wild cards back from my dragons that have been nerfed yep yeah like and then I would feel good and want to build more decks, but right now I feel ripped off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, like I want to approach alchemy as like the labs version, yeah, of magic, right? And yeah, uh, maybe make alchemy all free to play, right? And all or not free to play, all phantom, but you have to pay to an into an event to get into it. I don't know. Sorry, Cameron. Like, yeah, there has to be some. I'm foaming at the mouth over here. <laughs> if you're going to have like a rapidly adjusted format. Um, that's responsive and rebalances a lot, which I think is good. That's very good. But like, ugh, this is so expensive. Yeah. Like, like in StarCraft Two, if my tanks don't shoot as far as they did last week, I don't have to buy the game a second time. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. No, I, I think that's absolutely legitimate. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. I don't blame people for getting burned out on the format like this. Yeah. Even though I think it's actually a very interesting opportunity for magic. I think it's, this is way too expensive. <laughs> yeah. Also, I think if they gave me some free wild cards, I would then be closer to giving them more money. Yes. Like, yeah. In case anyone disagrees with me about that, get in the comments. I'm going to chat. <laughs> like that, that, it, that feels like such an obvious thing. Like it feels like the kind of like game gaming psychology that that we know that's that, from like, twenty years ago. It's been solved, right? Yeah. Right. Which is like you give a little, give a little bit for free, and then they <laughs> will spend, right? But right. I don't know. Well, um, yeah, no confidence in the format. Yeah. Right. What I am confident in is that I cannot wait to get my hands on. Kamigawa oh Neon Dynasty. Yeah, let's get into that. Especially after seeing um, seeing a bunch of the cards. Now, I know that uh, we uh, sometimes in advance of the pre-pre-release, which is coming up on February 5th at 11 a.m. Pacific, tune in for that. First time anyone outside of Wizards of the Coast gets to play with the cards. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, in prep for that, we get some amount of information ahead of time. I personally, at least, had not seen anything because i didn't need to <laughs> for any of the stuff that we're doing so i hadn't looked and so this was all brand new information to me uh including i'm gonna start with the big splash that that they also started with on the announcement stream uh tamio completed sage so tamio has been or volunteered to be or uh we're not entirely sure because yeah. I haven't read the. I, haven't I, read the I need lore. to read the story. Suddenly, I'm compelled to read Magic Story. Yeah, um, Tamio has been forexified, so that's uh, exciting or scary. Not entirely sure, but here's the card: Tamio completed Sage is two blue green, and then a hybrid Simic Phyrexian mana. Or a completed mana, they say. Didn't know we were going to get new mana symbols with this set, did you, kids? Yeah. So mm. there's a lot going on in this set. There, <laughs> we've got we've got shrines that are creatures. We've got sagas that are creatures. We've got creatures that are equipment. It's all over the place. Um, so uh, a completed mana, or formerly known, I guess, as Phyrexian mana. So this can be paid with either blue. Or green or two life if life was paid this planeswalker enters with two fewer loyalty counters so that's interesting and someone pointed out on twitter that like this templating means that we're probably only going to see these symbols on planeswalkers i guess if it, it's in the reminder text like that i think I, it could be on creatures and then they enter with like fewer counters if they're on creatures with plus the enter with yeah. plus, one, plus one counters maybe yeah maybe i don't know maybe I, we will have to see and find out looking I, forward I, to the faq yeah yeah so tamio by default has five loyalty so five mana for five loyalty or four mana and two life for three loyalty everyone on on board so far okay plus one tap up to one artifact or creature it doesn't untap during its controller's next untap step great Minus X, exile target non-land permanent with mana value X from your graveyard. Create a token that's a copy of that card. That's what, exciting. 
What I like about that is that previous Tamios have like, like the, the most recent one anyway, has like pulled a thing back from your graveyard. And this Tamio is like that gone, but we can make another one. It's a subtle thing that I, I don't know. I kind of yeah, like that. It's from kind the, of a reference to her current form. Yeah. Right? From the Phyrexian Tamio. Like old yeah. Tamio gone, but new, better Tamio <laughs> yeah. here yeah. to stay. And then minus seven, create Tamio's notebook, a legendary colorless artifact with spells you cast cost two less to cast and tap, draw a card. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. So if the Phyrexians can make a Planeswalker be Phyrexian now, mm-hmm. are we just like at the beginning of like a huge arc where they're going to take over the entire multiverse? I mean, we saw... It Maybe was we're a not year the ago. beginning. Maybe it's not the beginning. It was a year ago, right? But Vorinclex was on Kaldheim. Mm-hmm. That's right. And just so he could fight Kaya or something. Yeah, and now... Uh, I mean, also, let's take a look, because Jingataxis is on Kamigawa. Because we've also seen Jingataxis or Gataxius, uh, progress tyrant, uh, five blue blue for a five five legendary creature Phyrexian Praetor. Whenever you ca- interestingly, by the way, there's probably because there's not enough room on the type line that Tamio is not a legendary Phyrexian planeswalker. Mm. I don't know if that's a mechanical thing or literally just that there's not enough room on the type line because legendary planeswalker and Phyrexian are all very long words. Uh, but Jinkataxius says, whenever you cast an artifact, instant, or sorcery spell, copy that spell. You may choose new targets for the copy. This ability triggers only once each turn. A copy of a permanent spell becomes a token. Whenever you cast, or, uh, uh, sorry, whenever an opponent casts an artifact, instant, or sorcery spell, counter that spell. This ability triggers only once each turn. I really, really like this as a kind of homogenization with Elish Norn Grand Cenobite. Mm. Mm. Yeah, right. It's like, like this is the my blue. stuff's all better, and your stuff is same worse. same casting cost, right? Yeah, five color color, yeah. uh, and like this feels like blue Elish Norn. Mm. So, mm-hmm. like you know, the the Phyrexian Praetors were all kind of like very. Mm, like ideologically diverse, but they're mechanically converging. And I think that's, that's interesting. I like that. I Um, like the idea of reanimating this card. (laughs) (laughs) Or, or Esper or something seems super exciting. Yeah. The, these cards also are the only two in the set that are also going to be available in, um, in a Phyrexian language, Mm-hmm. printing um, yeah there was there's an entire article that i'll touch on briefly at the end of the podcast called collecting kamigawa neon dynasty where they talk about all the different kinds of things that the cards can look like <laughs> and uh these two specifically um can also be in the uh the phyrexian version with the, the full phyrexian alphabet um so that's fun i'd like to talk about another couple things i mean uh um, I'll fire this over to you two if you have any cards in particular that you want to talk about from uh, what's been spoiled so far. But I would like to talk about the reality chip because the type line is legendary artifact creature equipment jellyfish. See, they could have fit Perexian on there if they just shrink all the letters enough. Yeah, like, I mean, 
I want to say that Wizards has been pretty aggressive about like smallifying the font when they need yeah. to fit more stuff in. So yeah. I think um, Tam Tamio's not, not being yeah. a Phyrexian is probably pretty deliberate. I guess she's just, I guess being completed doesn't mean you're necessarily Phyrexian. Yeah. Maybe I, we're going to have a Phyrexian tutor that shouldn't get a Planeswalker in the future. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, okay, the reality chip here. It's one in a blue for a zero four creature. It's a little jellyfish. It says you can look at the top card of your library at any time. And that's what it does as a creature. Then I'm going to skip abilities to go to its last ability, which is reconfigure for two and a blue. And what that says is for two and a blue, attach to target creature you control or unattach from a creature. You can only reconfigure as a sorcery while attached. This isn't a creature. Finally, so you, I can answer. Yes, you can unequip. Yeah. So you can reconfigure to turn this creature into an equipment, at which point it says, as long as the reality chip is attached to a creature, you may play lands and cast spells from the top of your library. So that first ability is there all the time. Anytime it just says you can look at the top card of your library. That's there if it's a creature or if it's an equipment. Mm. But if it's an equipment, you can also play lands and cast spells from the top of your library. Right. So, like, you know, if it's sitting on your board, right, it yeah. kind of has an awareness. It's a little O4 wall. Yeah. But if it's collaborating with someone, right, like if it's if it's no longer cold on the floor, mm. right? <laughs> <laughs> then it's future sight. Yeah. Yeah. You get future sight, right? Yeah. Uh, by the way, if you haven't played future sight before, it's pretty bananas. Future sight and I have an interesting mm -hmm. history where I totally overlooked its power the first couple times. And I had like a blue uh, X artifact deck that it fit into really well eventually, I figured out. But it's like some players, myself included, don't understand that playing cards off the top of your library means you can play way more cards because you'll play a card off the top of your library, then a new card's on top of your library. You're going to make your land drops and just like cast all these spells yeah, and off then the top you can of your library do as if they were in your hand. All kinds of fun things like shuffling your deck. Absolutely. To get something new. Uh, yeah. Scrying to get something new. Milling to get something new. It's like playing off the top of your library is such a wonderful feeling. It's mm -hmm. very powerful. Like it's if you haven't done it before, it's probably twice as powerful as you're thinking it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if you have, then, you know. Yeah, it's very much like play a spell, draw a card. Yeah. I just can't get over legendary artifact creature equipment jellyfish. Yeah, I know. This thing is priceless and, and beautiful and terrifying. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and Very cute. So who's, who's using it in this art? Did you mention something about... Is this is this the MacGuffin that Jim Gataxis is looking after? Must be. It's, it's legendary. It's called yeah. the Reality Chip. It's referenced in at least one other card. Okay. Um, I can't remember which card right now though. Tameshi, I think. Okay, that makes sense. Reality Architect. Yeah. So um, let's, let's look at that one. This is uh, one of Wheeler's favorite cards from the set. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. Oh. We previously misattributed this art to being Maloku because someone right. told me it was. It wasn't either of you two, but somebody said that this was Maloku, which it's not. Well, Sorry. they're close. What's yeah, I mean, this, do? This card is Maloku, kind of. Yeah, right? it's, it's this Maloku. This era's yeah. Maloku. 
Yeah, so Tameshi is a 2 and a blue 2-3 legendary creature Moonfolk Wizard that has two abilities. Whenever one or more non-creature permanents return to hand, so anyone's hand, draw a card. This ability triggers only once each turn. Hmm. And for X and a white, interesting, returnal and returnal land you control to its owner's hand, so this is the Maloku part, return target artifact or enchantment card with mana value X or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. Activate only as a sorcery. Now that one, however, you can do as many times as you want, especially if you have a bunch of lands in play and a black lotus in your graveyard, yeah. um, which is what Wheeler's going to be up to. But it's, you know, it's the legendary, rare, powerful moonfolk creature with a returnal land moonfolk ability right mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. in that way it's maloku it's very different from maloku but looks pretty fun <laughs> yeah. i appreciate that having the activated ability be white means that this has an azorius color identity for commander shenanigans yeah and then the commanders i suspect will very much get into <clears throat> shenanigans with this card yes <laughs> yes um I want to talk briefly about Boseju, who I mentioned at the top of the show. Boseju, who endures, still still trucking along 10,000 years later. Big old tree. So legendary land, taps for green. Okay, cool. Also has channel. So this is this is a ability we've seen in the past, but it's back and it says that you can discard the you can pay a cost and discard the card to do a different thing. So it's sort of like turning it into a different spell, or in this case, into a spell. So for one and a green and discard Boseju, destroy target artifact, enchantment, or non-basic land an opponent controls. That player may search their library for a land card with a basic type, put it with a basic land type. So duels, triumphs yeah, not, on not the table. Just, yeah, not just a basic, but with a basic type. You put it on the battlefield, your, uh, then shuffle this. Salt Crested Step or whatever? Yeah. Shadowmore lands? <laughs> Uh, this ability costs one colorless less to activate for each legendary creature you control. So, but it can only bottom out at a single green. But this is artifact, enchantment, or non-basic land destruction that is not a spell. Yeah, this is yeah. an ability, so it can only be countered with you know the things that can only counter abilities that people like to bring up as gotchas. Um, it is that quite powerful. My timeline certainly thinks so. And yeah. yeah, I would tend to agree. The thing the thing is like the relative value of um a card or the ability you get from a card or whatever kind of goes up as the like cost to include it goes down and we're right on the bottom here. You've got basically a forest. Yeah. If you're going to put forests in your deck, you know, this is a land that comes into play untapped as for green. The only thing you're worried about is if you want to jam four, you may mulligan a bit more often. Because mm. if you draw two or three of them in your opening hand, you might not be able to keep because they're only ever adding two mana a turn tops between out of all of them, right? Right. Mm -hmm. um, but the, yeah, the ability, like having uncounterable removal for, that's a lot of things. It doesn't say creature or planeswalker, obviously, but, you know, artifact enchantment, non-basic land, like that's a lot of the stuff that your opponent's going to try to mess you up with, so... Certainly commander players are going to need these, and I think in older formats where it's more commonly easily available to get lands back from your graveyard and recur this ability, like you could see some kind of um, stack situation where there's a you know a way to get your land back multiple times a turn, and then you run your opponent out of non-basic lands in their deck which might be all of their lands in these older formats like that. You know, anytime you have the potential to remove all of your opponent's mana sources from your library, it's a consideration. People will, will find out if it's okay. 
uh, if it's worth playing. And, and just in general, like just having disenchants strapped to your forests is very exciting. All right. Oh, yeah. good to know. Seemed, seemed, seemed like kind of a big deal. I think it's a big deal. Yeah. Um, anything jumping out to uh, either you that you want to bring up? I got, I got one other that I want to talk about, but I can, it's more just for silly reasons. So I can save uh, it for a little I'm bit. I'm really excited for the modern age, mainly just because it's a common saga. There are a couple of yes. these and, uh, I'm really happy to see sagas at, mo at common. Every one of these sagas is super cool, by the way. Yes. Uh, I, these are my favorite card types. I think it's been a while coming, but like the sagas just delight me all the time because it's all deep cultural stuff from the plane. Mm -hmm. I'm stoked um, that the sagas made it into like being vanilla basically. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, so what is, what's, what's the modern age do? All right. The modern age is a blue enchantment saga for one in a blue. You get three verses or Versus chapters, I forget what they're called. Yeah, whatever, actually. Lore what, counters, yeah, chapters maybe. One and two read the same, and they are draw a card, then discard a card. Nice. Chapter three reads: Exile this saga, then return it to the battlefield, transformed under your control. So it has a backside. The backside is Vector Glider, which is a blue two-three enchantment creature spirit with flying. I love it. Yeah. It's that just seems, a little guy. This seems really good. Yeah. Yeah. Two mana to loot for two turns, and then you get a 2-3 flyer? Yeah. This is like the worst possible Delver. I wonder if it's good enough for Popper Reanimator. Probably not. I think their discard outlets usually cost one, but it's a cool card. Yeah. I like, like this a lot. This is This is... This is such bad Delver, and yeah, I'm here for it. <laughs> right? Maybe Little this is a more glider. like limited Delver. Reliable the, the, limited Delver, maybe. Yeah. Similar space, right? The Vector Glider reminds me of Vib Ribbon. It's I don't just know so what cute. that is. Uh, it's a PlayStation game, PlayStation yeah. 1 game. Well, so like it the, was one of the first games with vector graphics. The okay. artwork is very like 1990s. It is the year. 2004 yeah the internet yeah, yeah, yeah. has taken over the multiverse yeah. <laughs> so good right it's tron yeah, <laughs> and I yeah no i, I adore I, it i want to talk actually real quick about another one of the sagas um the life of toshiro umezawa because mm -hmm. mm. it's it's one in a black and it's the same sort of setup they're not all like this but the same one of the first two chapters here are the same and so it's choose one target creature gets plus two plus two until end of turn target creature gets minus one minus one until end of turn and you gain two life so those are right. the things that umizawa's jite can do so you get two of those and then uh chapter three exile the saga return it to the battlefield transformed and it transforms as memory of toshiro which is an enchantment creature human samurai which is a two three with tap, pay one life, add black, spend this mana only to cast an instant or sorcery spell. What I love about this in particular is, if you recall, the reason that Umazawa's Jite is so busted is that originally one of the abilities was to generate black mana. And then they were like, that's kind of weird. That's maybe too powerful or out of flavor for black. 
let's replace it with I want to say it was the minus the minus one minus one ability and oh, not play test it. And oh, you mean the one everybody it. used? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like, the reason it's so broken is because originally Umazawa's GTA generated black mana, and so this is like this is such a meta reference, and I love it. <laughs> That's awesome. It it's wild that like there were two years in a row where there was like a second set about to be printed. And at the last minute, they changed an important line on an equipment that led to like the downfall of standard. And it happened like two years in a row. It was the following year. It was dark steel one year. And then it was betrayers the next year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I say downfall, lots of people still played standard, but I didn't yeah. I waited for that card to rotate out before I bought it. <laughs> Uh, Nelson, what's uh, what's something that's left out at you? Right. Well, we've talked about some important characters already, and one of my favorite characters, Tezzeret, is back as Tezzeret, Betrayer of Flesh. Oh, yeah. We've got, yeah, Tezzeret's yeah. on Kamigawa, which seems like a good fit. Seems like there'd be a lot of interesting things for Tezzeret to, Man, F uh, this guy. you know, learn about and, you know, betray. Uh, so, two generic blue-blue for a foil loyalty planeswalker with a static. The first activated ability of an artifact you activate each turn costs two less to activate. That's I love a mana rock. Mm -hmm. Um, Only shrinks activated abilities, but that's okay. We've got some expensive activated abilities on cards I like. And for plus one, you draw two cards, but then you discard two cards unless you discard an artifact. So that's good. Basically, so far, everything about this card loves trading post. Excuse me. All right. Um, One thing I've just noticed... Mm -hmm. Neither Tamio nor Jingataxius have the Phyrexian watermark. Oh, neat. Hmm. Right, that Vorinclex had. Yeah. yeah. Right, from, from Kaltheim? Yeah. Yeah, although, hold on. That isn't true. The Phyrexian language printing of Jingataxius has the Phyrexian watermark. Oh, okay. So. Interesting. Maybe these just don't mean anything. <laughs> maybe they're just cosmetic. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Like, There's oh, a lot of cosmetic straw. stuff going on, yeah. Uh, Tezzeret can also animate one of your artifacts, makes it 4-4, and gives you an emblem with whenever an artifact you control becomes tapped, draw a card. So pretty pretty normal Tezzeret things. I'm kind of excited by the mana reduction uh, ability, but usually what happens with Tezzeret and I is I get super excited for him, and then he turns out to be okay. <laughs> so that's what I'm expecting at this point. Reasonable. Uh other story beats i suppose we now know who the wanderer is kind of kind of like she like we know what her job is i guess yeah it's still so yeah the because the wandering emperor is still just legendary planeswalker no further type line Mm -hmm. right which is how the wanderer was originally so like we still don't know like her name yeah or but yeah, we 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 now see her face and know that she's the emperor of Kamigawa at the at this the this moment in time apparently. Maybe but, maybe it's one of those jobs that just completely subsumes the person. Yeah. Yeah. Also, this card seems very powerful in mono white. It's two white white for as I say, legendary planeswalker, no further information uh with flash as long as the Wandering Emperor entered the battlefield this turn, you may activate her loyalty abilities anytime you could cast an instant, which also means like on your turn. So like during your combat, you could do that. That's kind of fun. Plus one, put a plus one, plus one counter on up to one target creature. It gains first strike until end of turn. Minus one, create a two, two white samurai creature token with vigilance. 
and minus two exile target tapped creature you gain two life so you can like flash her in during their attackers and then exile one of their attackers and you gain life or you can make a surprise blocker or give one of your things first strike like this this card actually seems very good yeah this this feels like it's playing around in the same space that an elspeth would yeah mm -hmm. like where it's busted and limited yeah yeah <laughs> like this is the best sentinels of glenelendra we've ever seen <laughs> Which is oh. great because it's on like the ninjutsu plane, so that kind of fits and makes sense. Okay, talking about cards, I'm excited for for limited. This is the other card I wanted to talk about: Greater Tanuki. Um, someone was saying it's like uh, that. Uh, tanuki is they're you know they're one of those creatures where every day someone's surprised to find out that they're actually a real thing, like narwhal or mm -hmm. axolotl, right? Like, yes, tanukis are a real thing. So this Whoa. is a like in our world, yeah. Like a real, real life is Tanuki. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, there, I'm I'm that person today. There Sweet. we go. Aren't they great? It's uh, AKA the Japanese raccoon dog, which right is why googling, which is why it's enchantment creature dog, which is like to me that's kind of a shame because they're they're more closely related to foxes, but you wouldn't call this a fox. Uh, I just want to see Tanuki as a subtype line, um, but yeah, no, Tanuki oh are adorable. The world is better than it was two minutes ago. Yeah, <laughs> I definitely um, thought this was just like a spirit, like a, I thought it was a you know a myth. Well, th so they are, they are mythologized as like trickster creatures. The the like the the representation of the Tanuki as like the wanderer with like their giant jug of wine and the big hat and their enormous testicles, which of course um, we have the art. Uh, position such that we can't see that on this particular tanuki. <laughs> so, to the benefit of all, are um, you sure? <laughs> what do, do we know what he's standing on? That's a great question. <laughs> Good point. Um, so, I, I just, I think tanuki are adorable, and the, as you say, like the, the folklore aspects are super, like super interesting. He's really cute. Also, four green, green for a six five with trample. Okay, and channel two and a green, discard greater Tanuki, search your library for a basic land card, put it onto the battlefield tapped, and then shuffle. So operating in the same space as a Crozen Tusker, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. this is the this is the big the the big uh green limited common that I'm very excited to put into my into right. my uh green draft decks yeah yeah like uh maybe 15 years ago this would have had basic land cycling yeah 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 so i'm 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 very excited for uh for playing this card in limited and also just the tanuki are great hmm. so i can see why they said dog because they are they are they are canids hmm. um mm -hmm. even though they get they often get called like raccoons because they look they have like the tail that's kind of like a raccoon and the face that's sort of similar but they're more closely related to just like uh, foxes or whatever speaking so. of green cards that have the word basic land on them i'm yeah. pretty excited by the last chapter of who is the kadama you know uh saga that's been unfolding over several sets starting of course with the original kamigawa and who then getting a little bump in command yeah getting a bump in commander legends the most recent i believe is kadama of the east tree no west tree sorry what east tree we saw already so kadama of the west tree uh, two generic and a green for a 3-3 three, three legendary spirit with reach, as well as modified creatures you control have trample. 
And whenever a modified creature you control deals combat damage to an opponent, search your library for a basic land card, put it on battlefield, tap, then shuffle. I have a question. Go ahead. What's a modified creature? A modified creature is a creature that has either an equipment or aura attached to it, uh, or a counter of any kind. So usually that'll be a plus one, plus one counter, but I suppose an Akoria first strike counter also counts as a modification. So that's a new ability that we're... I mean, it's new and it's also not, but there's a shorthand for it, right? I feel like this operates in the same realm as as historic, Mm -hmm. where it's like, for this set, we're just calling these things historic, right? Like artifacts, sagas, legendary creatures, we're going to call those historic. And so this is like modified is equipment's uh, important asterisk uh, that it's auras you control. Right. So if someone puts a pacifism on one of your creatures, it's not modified mechanically. (laughs) And counters. Yeah, in case there's something with like, I don't know, flying counters or something like that. Right, and I guess minus one, minus one counters that your opponents put on. Oh, maybe that one's different. No, okay, it just okay. says counters. So, so any, any kind of counters. Yeah. So your opponent can mess your creatures up with stab wound counters or whatever. Interesting. And that still counts. But if they pacify it, or they put dehydration on it or something, then that doesn't count. Okay, this thank card you seems for, pretty sweet. Thank you for noticing that, Graham. And also, yeah, this card seems pretty busted. Going to be good and limited and probably also constructed and definitely commander, I would think. Yeah. Modern? Pro- eh, probably not. But maybe. There has been a, uh, that, that, uh, there's been one flavor of affinity that was revolving around the cons, one green mana enchantment. Oh, I can't remember the name of it, but it, it adds extra counters every time you're putting counters on something. Hardened skills. Hmm. So, you know, there's a chance hardened skills once a 3-3 reach. Not a good chance, though. <laughs> Anyways, I do expect this card to win some limited games, and hopefully there'll be either standard or alchemy decks brewed around it. Like it, it definitely seems like sort of a linchpin play four of me. And then when you hit it, you get to kind of go off. Mm-hmm. Hey, we found out what the very good dog does. <laughs> right. Uh, right. S- uh, spirited companion, uh, one in a white for a one, one enchantment creature dog. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, draw a card. Hooray. <laughs> good enough for enchantress. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just excited that White has Lanor vi- or Visionary now. Oh yeah, Sorry. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm. I just want to know where to get this alternate art Tamio. Ah, well, that actually, I tell you what, I can move on to the 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 rather dense article mm-hmm. entitled "Collecting Kamigawa Neon Dynasty." So here's all the different ways that cards can be. <laughs> Okay, so first, the Ukiyo-e lands, mm-hmm. which are these absolutely gorgeous basics. Mm-hmm. Um, we've, we've talked about these before, um, but these are uh, very, very pretty. Um, let me make sure that Paul has access to this article as well, because I realized I should have sent him that link beforehand. Um, these luckily are going to be pretty straightforward um, to get. Uh, these are going to be available in packs of any language. You can find the the full art cards in set boosters, draft boosters, and collector boosters. Uh, one third of all set and draft boosters have a non foil of these, and in set boosters, the land slot contains a traditional foil in twenty percent of these packs and whatever. So and these will be common enough that those who want them will be able to get them, which I'm 
very, very happy about because these are tremendously pretty. Yes. So then we have the soft glow treatment. Every rare and mythic in Kamigawa Neon Dynasty has an alternate version. You can find most of these cards in the soft glow treatment inspired by a futuristic neon aesthetic. Here's a card we didn't talk about, Surge Hacker Mech. Yes, vehicles are back. It's very anime. There are mecha. This vehicle, by the way, four mana for a 5-5 vehicle with Minache. When Surge Hacker Mech enters the battlefield, it deals damage equal to twice the number of vehicles you control to target creature or planeswalker an opponent controls. Crew 4. I saw someone on the subreddit. It was, what was this? It was Flame Tongue Volkswagen. <laughs> <laughs> so someone write that down. Uh, we'll get back to it when we do the nicknames. Um, mm. uh, yeah, so there are 37 rares and mythics with this soft glow treatment. Um, the six rare and three mythic rare sagas in Kamigawa also feature an alternate version with the soft glow treatment, but with a twist on the alternate saw on the alternate sagas, both sides feature alternate art, but only the back side is the soft glow frame because they didn't want to further mess up the saga frame. So like the, this is the backside of the Kami war. So the front side is one white, blue, black, red, green, Chapter one, exile, target non-land permanent and opponent controls. Chapter two, return up to one other target non-land permanent to its owner's hand. Then each opponent discards a card. And then chapter three, you exile and return it. So this is alternate art. And then the back, the Okagachi made manifest, the enchantment creature dragon spirit, which is a 6-6 six, six that is all colors and has flying and trample. And whenever it attacks, defending player chooses a non-land card in your graveyard, return that card to your hand, and Okagachi gets plus X plus O until end of turn where X is the mana value of that card, <sighs> is alternate art with the fancy glowy frame. Cool. Those are available in all boosters. There are 22 ninjas. They get the ninja treatment. This we've actually seen because we looked at um, Satoru Umezawa. Uh, and so this, the, the, the ninja frame uh, is it's a, just sort of a cool-looking variant on the standard magic frame. So that's neat. There are seven common, eight uncommon, six rares, and two mythics with the ninja treatment. Then there's the samurai treatment. There are also 21 samurai creatures, uh, plus the wandering emperor. Each samurai has an alternate version with new art in the samurai frame. Uh, going very anime <laughs> with the alternate art for these. Mm -hmm. There are 10, uh, 10 commons, 7 uncommons, 4 rares, and 1 mythic with the samurai treatment. Those are also in all boosters. There are borderless cards. Um, so there's the, the Planeswalkers, all four, which we've seen now, by the way. Tamiyo, Tezzeret, Kaito, and the Wandering Emperor. Uh, there are also five mythic rare dragons that are in the borderless version. We haven't actually talked about this one. This is Kyrie, the swirling sky four blue blue for a six, six legendary creature, dragon spirit with flying and ward three. And when Kyrie dies, choose one return, any number of target non-land permanents with a total mana value, six or less to their owner's hands. Pretty cool. Or mill six cards, then return up to two instant and or sorcery cards from your graveyard to your hand. Also seems powerful. <laughs> and five rare legendary lands. Those can be also opened in any booster. 
the Yoji Shinkawa art for Satoru Umezawa, which we already talked about and I fawned over relentlessly, is the buy box card. And then there are the two um, Phyrexian printings of Jingataxius and Tamiyo. Uh, also, there's the there's normal foils in the same way that normal foils appear, but also 12 curated cards receive a foil etched treatment. And there's one rare and four mythic rare foil etched cards in the soft glow frame, one rare and two mythic rare foil etched cards in the ninja frame, and one rare and one mythic foil etched in the samurai frame, and two foil etched mythics in the Phyrexian frame. Those are only in collector boosters. Also, <laughs> this is, sorry, I have to just read this. In Kamigawa Neon Dynasty, every rare and mythic rare has an alternate treatment, so we considered making no extended art cards, the sort of widescreen ones, mm -hmm. but some people love them. <laughs> so instead, we made extended art versions of every rare and mythic in the set. Fair. So, okay. Fair enough. So those are um, collector booster exclusives, as I think they have been for a while. Hmm. And then finally, finally, there is the one that we talked about a while back, which was the the neon ink, which is only the Hidetsugu one, which has the like preposterously like it's like this one is there's a quarter as many of these as this one, and right? Yeah, the, the, the an eighth of many of these of the, yeah, and so it's oh here it is. There are half as many green as blue. A quarter as many red as green. And I like so, less than half of you, half as well as you do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I can't help myself. I know I already made that same joke on this podcast. <laughs> um, Luckily, yeah. the main takeaway is that most of everything that I said, nearly all of all the stuff that I just talked about, are available in draft and set boosters. Most of them. Like the extended arts are only in collector boosters. And the foil etched and neon ink ones are only in collector boosters, but everything else you can get in any of the boosters. And to my mind, the most important one, the basic lands are quite common. Mm. So, Hey Graham, if I want to order me some of these boosters, where do you think I should go? Oh, what a tremendous question, Nelson. I'm glad you asked <laughs> cardkingdom.com slash LRR would be the place to buy uh, buy your sealed product because they'll ship it anywhere in the US. They'll ship you singles anywhere in the world if you just want to cut out the middleman and buy the singles that you want. Um, do, uh, do do that and uh, that lets them know that we sent you and we appreciate it. But also you can just support us directly at patreon.com slash loading ready run because that supports not only this show but also everything we do. <laughs> I think we got in all the information there. Quite. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Well, now that the floodgates have opened, we have much to discuss in the coming weeks. So uh, please stay tuned to the channel. A reminder, of course, that the PPR, the pre-pre-release for Kamigawa Neon Dynasty is coming up very soon. Um, February 5th, starting at 11 a.m. Pacific. Tune in. It's going to be it's going to be a blast. I'm already so excited about this set. So uh, that'll be a fun time. Until then. Until next time we talk on Tap Tap Concede. Uh, I have been Graham, uh, joined by Cameron. Hello. And Nelson. Also here. Paul's been running tech on this. Heather gets these online. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.